You're listening to the award-winning podcast, The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, featuring business leaders to help you navigate a constantly changing marketplace. Want to become known as a trusted authority while building a thriving business you love? The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will show you how. Here's your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show brought to you by the Influence Alliance, which is the business building community for coaches and change makers who want to build a sustainable and profitable business while making a much bigger impact in the world with their message. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Now, my guest today is a returning guest. And one of the things that she has said is, we are at a major turning point for a significant change in the way leaders think behave and act to adapt and thrive and become future fit in an uncertain and unstable world in ways that value people, that deliver customer value, as well as a great customer experience. So that is what we're going to talk about today. Joining me back on the show is Janet Cernak. Now, Janet, she is the founder of Imagination, which is a global innovation consulting and learning company that helps organizations, leaders, teams, and coaches to adapt, to innovate, and to grow through disruption. Now, Janet, she is an ICFPCC executive coach, an award-winning blogger or global blogger, actually, on the people side of innovation. She's also a presenter of the ICFCCE coach for Innovators Certified Program. Now, on today's show, Janet is going to share why a new innovative approach to being a leader is required right now, the six dimensions of effective 21st century leadership and what mindsets and behaviors will ensure your own future as a leader. So welcome to the show, Janet. Hi, Anne-Marie. Thank you so much for having me again. I'm delighted to be here with your incredible community. Oh, it's been, it's such a pleasure. And uh, last time we spoke about innovation, if people have not yet gone and had to listen to that show, go and search for that innovation and they'll be able to find that. And just when we'd finished the live stream, you and I were talking, or maybe even through the, the live stream, you mentioned something about leadership and how you know we really do need to adapt and change. I thought that is such a great topic. So just as a reminder, for those of you who are watching live, if you have a question or a comment, uh, ask away and I will share your question into the the, um, the communications here and then Janet will be able to contribute to that because I know that many businesses now around the world are starting to have a workforce which is returning to the office and there is a lot of things that they didn't realise that they needed to, they'll need to navigate through and of course we hope that through today's conversation you'll be able to best support them in navigating navigating, knowing some of the things that perhaps can really support, um, you know, kind of the team building and all that stuff, which is known as important with the new new kind of innovative way to, to leadership. So let's dive in. Why do you say new innovative approach to a, being a leader is required right now? Okay, so I'm going to start it on the balcony or at the um, macro level is that we're in a lot of, um, as you said, turning points, but also crises. So the days of avoiding crises are over. The days of trying to manage crises are over and we need a new kind of blueprint because at the top we've got the climate issue, we've got globalisation and, and growing inequality. 
And then in the organisational context, we've got exponential change, um, which is accelerating unbelievably. We've got digitisation and then we've got COVID-19. So, you know, you've got the big, the big um, wicked problems and then you've got the immediate issues and dealing with the impacts and the consequences. Um, I've just started coaching on one of the global coaching platforms which is really interesting because we do these 45-minute, um, very transactional um, coaching sessions. And what I've noticed is extraordinary is the range of um, feelings that people are going through right now. So there's a lot of anxiety and overwhelm. Um, there's a lot of helplessness and, and feelings of powerlessness. People have been very isolated um, and what they've done is they've mostly um, contracted to working down um, within their own individual and unique silos. So in the old days we talked about silos in organisations and it seems that a lot of these um, managers and leaders have become self-appointed silos. So they're feeling very disconnected and even fearful of the future through so much uncertainty and instability on the one hand. And on the other hand, there's a real crisis of trust, um, you know, right across the board, whether it's in politics or in organisations. So it's how do we reconnect people? How do we resource people to actually um, flourish or thrive, you know, through this decade of both disruption and transformation. So we like to say there's a new blueprint. We need a, a new blueprint to co-create the kind of future we all really want to have. Yes. I mean, all of the, the mixture of things that you mentioned, one or two of those in itself would need to be addressed. But when you list what so many uh, kind of feelings, things are coming up, you know, often as leaders, we might say, well, we really don't have time to be able to deal with that. We want them at work, working and focusing. But I think as leaders, we need to realise that if we don't support our staff, our, you know, um, individually and as teams, recognising, being aware that other people around us may be struggling. If we don't help um, them to, to be able to cope, what are some of the ways to be able to, to address that? They're just not going to be 100% in the workplace. As we know as individuals, we bring that all with us, don't we, those, those feelings. And um, so what are you finding? Are leaders now being more open? Are companies re realising that, look, we need to take a step back and reevaluate our leadership, the, the environments we're creating, we need to have um, support for our teams. What are you finding? Have you gotten feedback from companies in that area? Uh, it's really interesting because we've been helping, on the one hand, teams be resourced in innovation and, on the other hand, we're being asked to do a lot of work around um, dealing with people's fears of failure and, and how do you step up you know, how do you step up in this um, world of volatility, uncertainty, complexity and ambiguity? But I actually think leaders have um, and managers have become, as a result of um, the COVID crisis, they've also become very siloed. So what I've observed is people have been focusing more on tasks, trying to get their tasks done and certainly not on relationships. 
So you're starting to see that um, leaders probably need to partner people more. I think that's one of the biggest lessons I've learned as a coach. Um, it's a partnership relationship. Um, the workplace needs to become a community. You know, we need we need to be far more community and servant and service um, minded, and then we need to take a an ecosystem perspective. We need to think about stakeholders as partners in the business, and we need to build trusted relationships. So, the one hundred and one of teamwork, as you mentioned. Um, Great teams have a very clear purpose. They have very clear roles and responsibilities. Um, they have very clear values and processes, but they also have trusted relationships. So it, it needs, could almost say we're in a crisis of compassion yes. and empathy, you know, a crisis of imagination and creativity and a crisis of courage and confidence, you know. So these are all you know, feeling states and their, their, their heart and gut states, you know, people are, need to be related to in a visceral and in a heart-centred way. Yeah. They're suffering. People, oh, even they are. No, people. I was yeah, I was talking to a gentleman this morning from the US and uh, we're, we're looking at working, to, doing some work together and he was saying I, I was quite surprised that his ideal client, particularly 80% of the people that he worked with, um, were women. And the way he was, you know, kind of I thought he was like a man's man and he said, yeah, but men, we're so stuck in our ways. We don't really feel that we need help. But I said, but the help that you're offering, they need because men are struggling and women tend to have these communities where they kind of share things and we know it's so important and men not so but he was saying that he's created some safe spaces and he said once men feel safe and that's where we, we were talking about building trust he said it all piles out he said they are they just and they need that they need that safe space to be able to release whatever that is for them and I think if businesses companies um, don't recognize that and don't have the mechanism to be able to either provide support or have the ability to show them this is what you need to do, I'm afraid people will fall through the cracks, you know. I think people are already falling through the cracks. Yeah. Um, there's a yes and to your safe space. That's a very big term. So there's a lot of talk about psychological safety, mm. but that's only like one element. We find, especially when we're um, training coaches, it's, a lot more about um, building what we call a collective holding space. Mm. And from a leadership perspective, um, the leaders need to have a lot of presence. So they've got to be grounded, mindful and conscious so that they can actually connect to people and attune. And it doesn't matter if you just a startup of two or a company of 20 million, you, you need to be able to be fully present to what is going on for people and you can only do that if there's safety, tolerance, permission, allowing and ultimately trust. Mm. So, you know, one of the uh, areas we've been working in is how do you fail forwards yeah. and not be punished you know, so there are a lot of these paradoxical um, situations. So leaders have to think 
with it. And it's going to be really challenging. They've got to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. We call that um, develop discomfort resilience. But once they learn how to be present to other, to self and to other and to the group, um, then they need a lot of emotional agility themselves Mm. and a lot of mental toughness. So, again, it's paradoxical. So how do you relate to people at an emotional level and then how do you be courageous on, on standing up and having the grit and determination to, you know, put a line in the sand and, and go for it. So it's now it's just a different skill set because most of the common ways um, leaders and organisation have and organisations have responded to crises and challenges in the past they're no longer applicable and they're no longer relevant because they're yeah. old mental models and they're old strategies and they're old skill sets. So there's big and, and we need a lot more than that. Yeah. And some of that I would imagine too is going to continue to evolve. It's just like you you may, because we're, we're human beings, we're very complex yes. individuals, aren't we? And so what works with one individual may not necessarily work with another. As you were listing some of those um, approaches that leaders have to, to, to try and be more intentional in the workplace, I'd imagine too that they need to have far more patience because in some instances creating that safe psychological space for some people takes a little bit of time and the steps that you build in moving forward can be broken or diminished if something happens and they don't feel safe. I'm not going to share because that my, you know, my, my leader or whatever has just snapped at me. So incredible awareness of, of self, as you say, and, and of others. How could someone then get support from that? I mean, obviously those are the types of services um, that, that you offer and that you know other people offer as well. But is that something that businesses or leaders should be saying to their decision makers if it is not already in place? We need to look at getting support in to be able to help us develop this uh, if it's not in place already. Uh, That's a really great question. So note that I'm not a counsellor or an expert in mental health. What I've learned when I've had my own anxiety overloads, um, which I had actually had one over the the past week with so much work and then we lost our pussycat. And as you can imagine during COVID, you know, pets became really key connectors and, you know, your playful buddies and, your disruptors, you know, of of, um, the day. So um, what I did is I went back to core principles, which is um, be the change you wish to see in the world. And before I had to do a a two-hour session from 9 till 11 at night after a gruelling day, I just stopped, um, took myself and my two dogs off for a really big walk and then I had a rest for half an hour, and I'm a type A person, so I never rest. But I made myself rest for half an hour, and then I did an hour's meditation, which I never do more than half an hour, and then I was resourced and refreshed and ran a, and an amazing uh, two-hour Coach for Innovators session. So here's the thing is with, with the internet, everybody can download a mindfulness app, You know, everybody can download a meditation app. So what I've learned is that you have to be really grounded first, which is why I did a beach walk this morning 
You know, you just have to, and that's been the beauty of COVID, you know, is we've all been able to reconnect with nature. So you've got to get, be grounded, be mindful and be conscious. You know, I think meditation is just wonderful. Um, go and have massages and facials, anything that helps calm down your autonomic nervous system. Um, so we have access. And I had to say to, to my group, you know, oh, I couldn't just go off to India and meditate on a mountain for a week because you can't do that now. So I have to take responsibility and, and come up with strategies. So it really is about how can you take responsibility and come up with strategies to resource yourself and then you're more available to resource others. And it, it is, it's, it's good food good exercise, um, staying positive and remembering that you're not alone, reaching out to colleagues and friends. Um, I made myself the coachee in our coaching demo, now coaching skills session. I said, all right, I'm the coachee. This is my problem. Mm -hmm. And then the participants actually coach me through um, my my problem that I presented. So I think... A lot of organisations are uh, reaching out to do coaching. Yeah. Um, that's quite incredible. And the coaching is really helping people because a lot of the um, strategies and actions people are taking in the coaching sessions are around communication and rebuilding those relationships that they've lost yes. um, through having to be hybrid and virtual. Yeah. So I think coaching is is definitely um, it's the end. Once you help resource the individual, then then coaching is a great way of helping them transition back. Now more important. I mean, it's always been important. However, if an organisation, no matter how big or small you are, does not have a component of that, then it needs to because, as you say, there's so many things to navigate. There is something else that many people will need to begin to um, navigate through, I'll use that term, is is because some, some people have experienced a death of a loved one or a family member yeah. and have not really been able to grieve and go through that grieving process. All of these things need to be unpacked somehow, doesn't it, just to be yeah. able to have closure on that. And, um, you know, often we oh, we'll just sweep that under the table. Well, guess what? Emotions, we hold that in our body, don't we? Cycle, you know, physiology out we hold that and as a business uh, leaders we need to be able to even be mindful look for the triggers look for the signs that maybe someone is not you know that saying how are you going oh yeah fine you know if someone said to me but how are you really doing I thought then all of a sudden it'll be like <laughs> really you, you pushed a button there but it's important because sometimes it just takes half an hour 20 minutes and you know what I feel really good now you know we need to have um, that ability to somehow, you know, talk and, and and release. I mean, I'm glad we're having this conversation because I think it starts with awareness first. People may not be aware that this is even needed, that people will be the same. But I think, as you say, as organisations, we need to realise that there has to be this change. Now, you've said there's six dimensions of effective 21st century leadership. You may have already covered those again, but let's list what are those six dimensions. Okay. So before I go into that, I just want to really reinforce that 
you can't take on these six dimensions unless you're willing to unlearn and become from a beginner's mind. So there's a lot of unlearning of old yes. mental models and old ways of thinking and being and acting and relearning. Mm -hmm. And this is what I've found as we've developed our innovation leadership curriculum. It's like you've got to let go of a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. You know, it's like when I arrived in the Middle East and, and saw that humanistic leadership was not valued. I just had to let it go and relearn a more, you know, courageous, compassionate and creative way of leading. So this, this notion of awareness combines with um, not knowing. <laughs> you, know, mm. you know, I don't know the answer because you can't solve the problem with the same thinking that created it. So the second thing is, is that um, before you can start to cultivate these qualities, you need to develop your own agility, mm. you know, your own ability to make intentional shifts in, in changing contexts. So it's a much deeper, um, that which is why I said about presence, it's a much um, deeper type of leadership. And you're right, it's the evolution we still need the humanistic leadership, but it, and we also need, you know, to to look at innovation differently. So we we talk about um, leaders needing to be firstly really adaptive, mm. you know. So I I need to adapt. It's like um, when I got onto the the show with you today, I said, oh, I downloaded Windows eleven, and it's mute my microphone on my computer so you know I have to adapt and and do it differently in the moment mm -hmm. literally and and my laptop went off in the middle of a presentation the other day so you know being able to adapt to this new world is is really important and then being able to engage people and when we talk about engaging people we talk about um, hearts and minds, like how can you connect with people in a way where you can explore what's important to them yes. in meaningful and purposeful ways to engage them in a, in a cause, hopefully bigger than themselves. So engaging is, is secondly, um, and you can only really be engaging um, when you're trusted. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Janet, I'm just going to, to share Bonnie's comment here, definition of insanity, because it, it, it adds to what you're saying, doing the same thing over and over again while expecting a different result. And that's so important. And then um, she's also asked, is this a presentation? Can we get a copy? Once we finish the live, Bonnie, you'll be able to go back and watch it again. And Janet will also share how you can connect with her. And I'm sure she's got lots of other great resources um, in that as well. But thank you for following along. I know it's a valuable conversation. So, yes, yeah, so Jan Janet, th those two things. So how do you think we're faring with that? Do, do people, do, do leaders, um, do they get that? Or is there still more um, awareness building around how important it is, that whole trust piece and, and what constitutes trust? Because trust for everyone is not this all the same. What some people no. need to build trust in someone is quite different in comparison to other people in the workplace. 
Oh, look, that's such a good um, question. And I think um, politically and, you know, in regards to our current politics here in Australia and the media, you know, trust is back on the agenda. So we have a moment, we really have this incredible moment in time to adapt to different ways of being, thinking and doing things. Yes. And here's the thing is you can't engage people unless you can have a conversation with them. And you can't have a conversation with people unless you can make the time and the space mm -hmm. to stop doing something, to we say hit your pause button, retreat, reflect and reboot in ways that are intentional. So what's the point of the conversation? And then to actually be generous and be fully present to have the conversation and then know how to ask really good questions and then how to listen to somebody's response yes. and depending on how they respond to develop your next question. So one of the key questions is what does trust mean to you? Mm. And if that's what it means to you, what's so important about that? And then, well, if that's really important, how might we cultivate more of that between us or in this environment? So um, easy to um, trust is hard to create and really easy to lose. Yeah. And Bonnie has asked a really good question, but uh, one thing that, and then I will we'll share what Bonnie has asked for the audio podcast um, people, uh, is that you mentioned earlier the importance of knowing, having that awareness of self. So it's very hard to build trust uh, with someone or someone's, your, your team, if there's no self-awareness around some of the behaviour and yeah. actions that you're doing is actually causing mistrust Yes. And your, you know, and your words and your actions and even, you know, it's kind of sometimes the trustworthiness, you have to tell your face, you know, because there's things <laughs> that you can do, mannerisms that that just is actually uh, erodes trust. And so that could be a whole other topic on the, on its own. But Bonnie says this is great, wondering about how trust can be fostered with others when most do not trust themselves, how to nurture that. That's so important. And now even more so with that whole adaptability and agility, Janet, if people don't feel, because a lot of people, I think a majority of people don't really like change. They like stability. No. Now we're in a workplace that is, is of a, especially teachers, on a drop of a hat, sorry, can't come in today because, you know, such and such is happening. We need to go online again. Do that often enough and it can cause some real, you know, challenges. Okay, so so many points in what you've said is the first thing is is that we're not neurologically wired to accept change. Mm. So you actually, you know, as a leader, and it is going back to 101 principles, the first thing you have to do is create and assess people's, I guess first is assess people's readiness for change, mm. create the conditions to build change readiness so that people feel safe to change within that environment. So change is a, is a huge issue and we need to go back to core principles around change. And now in our projects, even with teams, we've been integrating change management with team development with innovation because all three are necessary. 
So a lot of leaders still, and I, I think we're living in a time politically, dare I open my mouth about it, is they're just totally unaware of the impact, exactly what you just said, of their words. Everything that our politicians and media are doing, don't do that. Do the absolute opposite. <laughs> no, but it's really astounding to be watching some of the um, YouTubes that are circulating on the social media of the absolute absence of awareness of impact of words, behaviours and actions. Yeah. And in Australia we also have a very strong competitive approval um, leadership style where I compete to look good in order to be liked and get a pat on the head, even if I have to lie about what <laughs> what I've said and done. Yeah. But what's really interesting, I know after coaching hundreds of leaders with that style is that they're completely unaware that they're lying. Yes. Because the lie be so it's you know, it's it's awareness one oh one that, that we And I think they're completely aware that we can see through their BS. Stop it. Oh, absolutely. You can see you're all you know, you're all yammering from the same, you know, song sheet. So just stop. <laughs> so <laughs> listen to Janet, listen to the podcast. It's, it's the whole thing, it's the whole thing of like the essence of leadership is is always having a positive impact on other people to enrol and engage them in a cause that delivers results that people value and cherish. Mm. It's not about me, you know. Yeah. It's about how I come across to others. That's true leadership. Yeah. So I think as a leader in answering that question is that you, and I know in my own journey as a leader, I was thinking about this, you know, I started at the age of 16 in a youth group um, leading a group of 15, 13-year-old boys. Can you imagine? I was only was 16. a baptism of fire and leadership. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think part of it is it's your own journey. It's it's teaching and leading from your own experience and I know just to to respond to that question it took me a long time to build I always had the confidence so it's more than confidence um, it's the inner conviction that you're being authentically and courageously present so leadership is a journey and if you don't trust yourself yet then do what you need to do to build that inner confidence and that um, inner conviction. I, I used to call it a sense of um, certainty, inner yeah. certainty. But even then, that means that you need to access your cognitive intelligence, your heart intelligence and your gut or your visceral intelligence and align them. So, you know, have a, um, a clear purpose, have very clear values and constantly build your confidence and your and take courageous leaps and yeah. that's how you'll start to trust yourself because then you're an aligned and integrated yeah. human and being. And time works really well too, doesn't it, your journey. You get, to, yeah. and then you get to a certain stage where you can't actually ever be challenged on anything because if you are, as you said, if you're sharing your insights, your journey, and so many of us are now sharing insights from our journey because it's things that we've learned when we've overcome struggles and challenges. No one can challenge you. 
or, or hold yeah. you up to task. So that's not true because it's your journey that you've lived. And I, I, I love that. And I think as leaders, and you said this earlier, and I'll, I'll reiterate this now, once we understand this about ourselves, and we bring that forward with authenticity in the workplace, we role model that for our team. Yeah, and mentor we? and coach. Yeah. I yeah. think coaching is going to be a really key skill that, you know, leaders are going to need to cultivate as well. We've got some great questions here. Bonnie, uh, we could have you on the show. You could be my co-host. <laughs> I love this question. How do we create safe spaces in workplaces and learning spaces so that we can support change, especially of habits of mind and belief systems? I think you've touched on this, but let's just um, share again, Janet. Uh, look, it's a really great question and in a way I have answered it just <laughs> through my own anxiety attack the other night. It's just stop Hit your pause button, retreat, and when I say retreat, is to retreat and, and associate with how you're thinking and feeling and how the other people are thinking and feeling. So it's a lot about connection and then actually um, go into conversation with people about what matters to them. So if you want to create a safe space, then just ask how can we, what does a safe space mean to you? How might we create more of that in our workplace? What are your greatest fears? What are your greatest hopes? What are your greatest concerns? Is to have these, um, there somebody calls them candid or we call them creative conversations and be present and hear, like in our coach program, we're actually teaching um, co coaches and leaders and teams how to actually hear what people's beliefs are, what their values are, um, through developing what we call generative listening skills. So it's just all about being generous, being compassionate, to be present um, with others and find out what's important and what makes sense to them. And then to actually, as Anne-Marie was saying, how do you... Um, role model, mentor and coach them uh, to to adapt to that new space. Mm. And one more thing I'll just add, um, and thank you for asking, Bonnie, because this was when I was the coachee in our coaching skills practice. So it came down to our basic is you just got to be present to what is. Don't judge it. Don't evaluate it. Whatever is going on for people is what's true for them and give them permission to share it and then start to draw out and pull them towards what could be. So we say this is paradoxical. In the old world, it's either this or that. In this new world, it's, well, how do we work both with what is going on for you or the team and how might we co-create something better from that? That's beautiful. So, and I think yeah, just beautifully for what Bonnie was saying, she kind of did that. She said she just coached someone today around mindful project management and what that looks like so they can stay in the moment. And I think when we stay in the moment there without judgment, uh, it allows for opportunities to go places where we may never have gone were we to judge, were we to, to go yeah. instantly in that criticism, isn't it? Yeah. And I, I think that's really important. And thank you, Bonnie and Anne-Marie. This is a moment in time. You know, we've got this opening in the universe to make some fundamental choices. 
you know, around how we want the future to be. We've got to stop delivering results no one wants. You know, we have to take action, but it's beyond being proactive. It's being, um, we use the words, evocative and provocative to co-create a different kind of future together, you know, unlock people's potential, unlock their collective genius. But you can't do that, you know, unless they're they're grounded, mindful and fully present. Yeah, so true. You know, I was listening to one of my clients who, by the way, has got an amazing uh, podcast as, as well, if you haven't heard it, Limit Limitless Leaders uh, podcast, Renee Jeruso, and she was talking about, um, and, and actually I think it dropped today in her solo show around how important it was for leaders to have one-on-one conversations with their team because yes. it's the possibility, Janet, to everything that you've said to ask them and give them time. And she was saying that it it it's not necessarily about work either. It's how they no. go. You can unpack so many golden nuggets that can support you as a leader on how can you support that team member. And that is a way to create a safe space, isn't it, Janet? And an oh, opportunity to co-create. What does this look like? How can we best support you moving forward? Yeah. And and you know, you can do it virtually. I do. I've been doing pretty much all my work online now for nearly 10 years. You can create so much safety in an online environment. And I really agree. It's not about task only. You know, I know business, you still need to deliver outcomes. um, But it's also about um, being present to and connected to the person with understanding if they've been homeschooling, how torturous that has been for a lot of people, Um, to understand the constraints, you know, especially six lockdowns here in Melbourne where you had to cook every night, you know, you you couldn't sometimes even get a a takeaway. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the, the constraints of having to manage a home and education and work and a business you know, and then, as you've said, you know, there may have been a significant emotional event within the family and you have to deal with that as well. So lots all of, of those uh, things. Oh, lots of. And, by the way, we've got Gail here, Paige, she's also, and she said, I just managed to get on the interview. It sounds like I've missed some golden nuggets, some real golden nuggets. So when we've finished, Gail, you'll be able to go back and watch the uh, the recording from the beginning and I will invite Janet to share how you can connect and, and I'm sure she's got lots of other great resources. So, Janet, I know that we touched on and I just wanted to, because I know we're nearly out of time, we could talk about this all day. I mean, this is obviously <laughs> a hot topic as, as we've got Bonnie and uh, Gail here and I'm sure others who are listening uh, along. We talk about the six dimensions. You already started talking about a few. Do you want to recap what they are? And there's a few others that I'm sure we haven't talked about. Okay, so there's the and, the obvious and, and I think, um, you know, obviously is to be innovative. Mm -hmm. So, you know, once you've built the change readiness and the receptivity, then it's actually to co-create change, you know, change with difference. And I think, um, you know, innovation, which is why I play in the innovation space, innovation can change the world. And you're seeing people like Elon Musk actually do that. And a lot of the innovators, um, I've noticed a lot of the entrepreneurs in, a, in some ways have become, like look what Atlassian's doing, they've become the new role models for leadership 
Yeah. Um, what Mike Bannon, what he's done is amazing. You know, he's actually challenged the system in a way that is really amazing. The next thing I think is to be really collaborative and it's not in our nature here in Australia. We're very cooperative and compliant. Um, collaboration is a whole new dimension. It's about how can we co-create together in an equal way for the good of the whole. Um, so we've got to move away. Systems. We're co-creators and collaborators. Yeah. yeah. And collaborate, you know, um, and not compete. It's so obvious, you know. We, we're seeing a government, they're all competing with each other when they could be collaborating for the good of the whole for the future to solve I mean, all these yeah. problems. When you think there's so many resources available for people around the globe and then some, you know, they're, yep. they're not limited resource at all. The only limit is what's in your head. And if you think there's limited resources, then I invite you to rethink that and change your mindset around that because that will take you to places that you've probably not even actually realised yet. So it's true. So that collaboration, I know we have a long way to go here. I've heard we that. Do. Time and we time do. Again. So it's not about, you know, my neighbour at one point had five cars in the family you know, in the future, how might you collaborate with having just one electric car? You know, how how could you collaborate with you know with the community and with the system? I think um, the Voices for Movement is a great social uh, example of collaboration mm -hmm. and citizens' power. You know, of some of the shifts that are happening. So there's just two more qualities I'll go through really quickly. Yeah. Um, is to be digitally enabled. I mean, you know, the digital world is extraordinary and you can do so much online and to really maximise and leverage the opportunities and possibilities that digital offers. Uh, and I, a great example of that are um, the Better Up coaching platform and Coach Hub there, the two that I'm affiliated with, is that, you know, Better Up Out of America has now just had its millionth coaching client. Yeah. I mean, that's extraordinary. And that just came out of the vision of two people, but they've helped a million people. So, you know, looking at the um, depth and breadth of the digital world and then, of course, being future-focused, mm. you know, is focus on the future. Let, let go of the past you know, be a be in be a thinker who can emerge, diverge, and converge ideas mm -hmm. to you know to innovate and and develop that what we call strategic foresight. And at the end of the day, it's about how you deliver value. And if you're adaptive, engaging, innovative, collaborative, digitally enabled, and future focused, you can deliver incredible value to the people you work with, to customers, to communities. And what's going to be even more important for leaders is to create um, a great customer experience. So uh, yesterday we went to Loom here in Melbourne to see the Van Gogh exhibition. Mm -hmm. So remember, I'm, I'm revealing my age. In the old days you would go, you would save up for years to go to Paris to see the Picasso Museum and then, you know, like hold your breath until you cross the threshold and you could see Guernica and all those incredible paintings in real life. 
you know. Now the experience is, is you walk into this huge space in the Melbourne Conference Centre and you see a digitally enabled presentation of Van Gogh that not only um, illustrates his life but also his artwork in 360 degrees and you can feel it. So, you know, what a great customer experience have they created to engage a whole new generation, Mm -hmm. you know, in art history. And I was watching, there were mothers with babies, there were art students who were just like desperate to take a photo, you know, a selfie with, with all of this going on behind them. So how can you create experiences like that to you know, to capture people's hearts and minds. It was it was extraordinary. Amazing. And you know what? It really is, uh, you know, um, what's the saying? Is It's limited to your imagination, isn't it? Yes. What's possible. And where that can allow you to go. I mean, who would have ever thought that you could attend this, you know, 10 yeah. years ago? Oh, never, never. I mean, I was the student that cried when I saw, you know, Rodin. I went to the Rodin um, garden in Paris, you know. So now you, you, can, you can go on the internet. So yeah. just think of the experiences that you can create, not only, you know, with technology, even a beach walk. This morning, um, my I live in Bayside and the council keeps the boardwalk really pristine and I'm on the edge of a, a maritime nature reserve. Yeah. And what a great experience to start the day, you know. Yeah. And that could be brought into, imagine, what could you do within the workplace, the yes. space that yeah. creates experience where people just feel like oh, what and whatever that is and how can you find that out well why don't you ask sometimes we often try and get to the best idea and everything and come up with ideas the uh, best ideas are sitting right inside the minds of the, the, yep. the team. ask them and let's yep. go co-elaborate and co-create uh, something that all people can really not just participate and experience but know hey I actually contributed to that I mean it just um adds doesn't it to the the whole team there so I know that we're just uh, we're we're just at the end coming up but I would still love you to share a little bit when if we were you were to bullet point the mindset and behavior that would ensure our own future as as a leader, what would be some of the highlights that you would, you'd want to leave us with, Janet? Okay, I just so want to support what you said is just to um, play, be playful with your imagination mm. and wander into wandering. Yeah. You know, I wonder what might happen. I wonder how we could do this differently. Yes. So really harness that playfulness imagination and that sense of wonder. I think the next thing is to um, be a really good experimenter and risk taker. We call it the gamer mindset. So, you know, be out there, take the smart risks, do, you know, experiment. Um, Failure won't kill you. And then, of course, be human-centred. You know, human-centredness is at the essence of everything, which is um, why I used to get beaten up at global innovation conferences when I go, oh, it's all about the people, and they say, no, it's about the process. So it's both. So, you know, people really matter. So that human-centredness 
And then uh, going back to one of the points one of your listeners made is you can't solve the problem with the same thinking that created it. So be ready to rethink. Um, and Adam Grant says, you know, like a scientist. So on yeah. the one hand, you need the wonder and the imagination. On the other hand, you need to be very analytical and resolute, you know, and, and see and solve problems in ways um, that are different and add value to the quality of people's lives in ways they appreciate and cherish. So, you know, it's a mixed bag. But, again, if you're adaptive and agile across all of those, um, then you've got a recipe for incredible contribution and success and, uh, you know, and the opportunity to, to make your business and your community and the world a better place. Yeah. You know, this whole topic of innovation and, you know, having a new mindset and not looking at, you know, some of the ways that old, that industries and some of the industries that have been around for, for you know, hundreds of years, they really need to look at the different approach. They're yeah. not open to looking at different ways to solve a, a problem and I think it's limiting it's limiting and I won't go into what I'm thinking about, but one particular way that people are addressing a problem, can I tell you, you need to rethink the way you're addressing it because it's not working. <laughs> Let me just yep. say that. But it's true, isn't it? So industries, mm-hmm. you can look at how can we address this problem in a, in a way that does allow for innovation. And I I, I love saying, you know, even 1% difference can be the difference, can yes. make that your industry uh, needs and your people need. And so we don't often have, we would love to be, the you know, the next Elon Musk in our industry, but uh, just 1% difference can be that difference, can't it, Janet? So, yes, that's the importance of strategy. So we, we did a presentation this week um, that talked about um, links to what you're saying. I'll be really quick is industries need to avoid having a Kodak moment. And a lot of people say, oh, a Kodak moment is missing the opportunity to innovate. Well, actually, in Kodak, they did invent the digital camera. Strategically, they just decided not to pursue it. Mm. So your point is make innovation part of your strategy, and it can be incremental. It doesn't have to be radical. And most people don't understand is that there are different types of innovation. There's incremental innovation. There's differential innovation. There's radical innovation. And there's breakthrough innovation. So the point is is to address it strategically aligned as to what you've said to to your customer and to the market. I love that. I've never heard of that before. But as you were sharing that, I thought, absolutely. And some of the things that we say, that is such an innovative idea. If you went back to the development team, they've been developing on this idea, you know, 10 years ago or 20 years ago, but they've allowed that idea to continue to evolve through the feedback of consumers to the point that all of a sudden they've caught up with the market, right place, right timing, right thing, whatever that is, that all of a sudden the market says, yes, we need that. And sometimes it is dipping the toe in the sand, so to speak, and change it. Similarly to what you, and, and we can bring this right back to even the conversation that we were having, you know, sometimes your team doesn't need you to completely evolve and transform what you're doing. Do it slowly and allow them to 
along on the journey and um, that way is far better, isn't it, to, to embrace change but do it slowly as you're bringing the team along with you. I think the point is to do it intentionally. So, you know, be strategic, be purposeful, um, focus on value, focus on the customer experience, Get help people get out of their silos um, to recuperate and, you know, recuperate um, and reset. I think that's the big word everyone's using, you know, reset for a future that we can only possibly imagine you know how awesome it could be yeah fantastic janet how can people find out more about you and the wonderful work you're doing well thank you for asking so first thing is um connect with me on linkedin and there's janet cernak and imagination on linkedin we also have a coach for innovators certified actually we've expanded it now coach for innovators leaders and teams so we're specialists in the learning and coaching side of innovation and we have a program starting in February, uh, February 2 in 2022 and it's done online and it's global and it's limited to eight participants and we also do in-house. We're doing a lot of work with some global farmers at the moment around um, building their innovation uh, leadership and teaming capabilities. So we can do that. So you can get our monthly newsletter if you sign up at the Imagination website and you can find out more at, about me personally and my story on janetcernak.com.au. And we uh, have built a global community and I think when you're playing in this space, it's really important to find your tribe. So you're welcome to join um, our global tribe and at least you'll have the chance to be in the conversation. Yeah, fantastic, Janet. And I know we've only just scraped the surface of yeah. uh, what we spoke about today, but um, I know that it's certainly been valuable and it will be valuable for those who are watching uh, the recording. So as always, thank you so very much for coming on the show and sharing your expertise with us today. And thank you for having me once again. It's always a delight and another grey day in Melbourne, but celebrate it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. All right. Bye for now. Bye, Janet. Thanks again. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by theinfluencealliance.com. Want to influence real change with your message by becoming known as a trusted authority in your industry while building a sustainable and scalable business you love? Find out how by accessing our free podcast series at www.theinfluencealliance.com forward slash podcast series. That's theinfluencealliance.com forward slash podcast series.